the Titans, the Mount Rushmore players we all know the names of. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Then there are the Giants hoping to join this group. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Nonetheless, you can't forget about these new guys hoping to dethrone everything those that came before them created and blaze their own trail into NFL history. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones. Men that won't let you forget who they are. And if you do, they'll be more than happy to remind you. This is the show where we'll talk about all those legacies and so much more. We'll follow these storylines from the beginning of the season all the way to the climax of the Super Bowl. We'll see Giants fall and watch new men who you never expected to take over stand tall. Through adversity and victory, the NFL has it all. We will cover every minute of it here. No buts about it. Hello. It is November 16th, and I am recording from a dorm in Steubenville, Ohio. You know what that means. This is No Butts About It. I'm your host, Josh Butts, and today is just a great day. You know, it snowed yesterday here in the Ohio Valley, and some people were upset about it. Some people were a little uh, angry, said it's way too early for the snow, but you know, I'm here for it. I love the snow. I love Christmas time, and for me... The snow is just a sign that Christmas is close by, and uh, I've been listening to Christmas music all morning. So, uh, if you are a fan of Christmas like myself, go ahead and follow and like and share the show, because I'm a huge Christmas fan. That being said, let's start talking football. And uh, I just want to start off by saying, I was right. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you clearly didn't listen to Monday's show in which I said that I had a feeling that something was going to happen on Monday Night Football and uh, the Eagles were going to lose. Who were the Eagles going to lose to? You might be wondering if you also did not watch Monday Night Football because not everyone who watches this show is like a huge uh, football fan like myself. They're not a football nerd as some might call it the philadelphia eagles undefeated streak came to an end on monday night to their rival the washington commanders and i i even said like there's absolutely no reason why the eagles should lose the washington commanders they just have such a dynamic intense offense their defense is just so good that I just didn't think Taylor Heineke and the Commanders could do it. And you know what? I was wrong. But then, you know, I also said something else. And you can go back. You can go back to the show. Go back to Monday's show and listen and fact-checked me. Because I know for a fact that I said it. I said, for some reason, and there's absolutely no reason this should happen, I think that Taylor Heineke and the Commanders are going to win this game. And it's happened before. Uh, Taylor Heineke and the Washington Commanders were the ones that ended the 2020 Steelers undefeated streak. A lot of people thought that they were the team to beat, and then the Commanders kind of uh, ended that. And the Steelers kind of came crashing down near the end of the season. Uh, Let's see what happens with the Eagles here. Let's talk about that game. What was going on during that game that helped the 
Commanders beat the Eagles that other teams should maybe try to implement here. So, first of all, let's just acknowledge something because he goes overlooked a lot because he's on the Washington Commanders. And that is that Terry McLaren is a guy. The dude is a monster. He's a beast. He is easily one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, but he does not get acknowledged enough because he just isn't on a big-name team. He isn't on a team that a lot of people talk about unless it's in a negative light. So he gets forgotten about a lot. He's a 2019 rookie, young guy, phenomenal player, one of the best at contested catches, which if you don't know what that means, it's when quarterback throws up the ball and defender goes for it at the same time as a wide receiver. They gets a contested catch. That's a contested catch. They're both fighting for the ball. So I uh, just want to explain that to some people who might not know because some people, a lot of the people that listen to this show, don't necessarily know all the terminology, all the framework. So I'm going to try to do better at explaining that, explaining what's going on so that you can follow along with that because that's the purpose of this podcast. Furthermore, this is just a team that has been through the ringer and that builds chemistry. And the chemistry, it was just shown with Taylor Heineke last night, and the, or not last night, but Monday night. And this is kind of something I said at the beginning of the season. I thought, and still do think, that this should be Taylor Heineke's team. I don't think Carson Wentz is the answer to really anyone's problems as a football player because it didn't work out for the Colts, didn't work out for the Eagles, hasn't worked out for the Commanders. Um, and I did have a Washington fan who listens to this podcast, and I appreciate you for listening to this podcast, but he would message me and he would say, you have no idea what you're talking about. Here's all these YouTube videos supporting why Carson Wentz is the answer to the Commanders. Or like, look at this stat line, look at this stat sheet. And the stuff I was looking at was not on the stat sheet. He just didn't play the type of football that I felt like I saw these other players playing that was helping them win football games. And that was that Carson Wentz is way too aggressive. He's always constantly trying to win, which all of these guys are trying to win. If you're in the NFL, you're trying to win. The problem is you need to know when to just kind of slow down, not throw the deep ball, not run, just take the sack. And I think Taylor Heineke is a lot better at that than what Carson Wentz is. Perfect example of this is um, near the end of the game, the play was, it was sticky, which is what Taylor Heineke said they called, which I guess for them means, I don't know if this is a universal term for all the football teams, but this is what he called it in his interview with Pat McAfee. He said, they called sticky, and that basically just means, hey, if Taylor Heineke, or if Terry McLaren is open, Taylor, you're throwing the ball to him. He's going to be your guy. He's the one guy. Otherwise, you're taking a sack. And Taylor said he wasn't open the way I wanted him to be, wasn't going to throw him the ball. So I just started running around, trying to waste as much time as possible, which we're also going to talk about here in a few minutes. So Taylor Heineke, he runs around for a few minutes, and then he gets down on one knee. Weirdest kneel ever in the NFL. 
But he did it. He gave himself up. So there's that. And then a player uh, on the Eagles hit him. And the first player was like, okay, well, he hit him, but he'd given himself up. Probably not going to get that called. However, Brandon Graham, number 55 on the Eagles, I believe, hit him after that first Eagles player hit him. And that drew the flag, which I guess Taylor Heineke was very aware that it was coming. And he was rooting for him to get hit. He wanted to get hit. He was preparing for it. It was part of his plan in his mind. Smart football player. Gets 15 yards. And they keep the ball. So something that would have been like a 10-yard loss in a sack ended up being a 15-yard gain off of a penalty. Furthermore, what else did Taylor Heineke and the Eagle or the Taylor Heineke and the Commanders do to beat the Philadelphia Eagles? They just controlled the ball. Like they said, "Okay, Eagles offense, you're phenomenal. You're all great. You're the best one of the best offenses in the NFL right now. You've got AJ Brown, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, even got a decent runner in Miles Sanders. Fine, we respect all that. We're just not going to give you the ball." Honestly, a great plan. Their entire game plan was pretty much to play keep away. So they said, you guys can't stop our run game. We're going to take as much time off the clock as possible. So they just kept running the ball, running the ball, running the ball. Halfway through the third quarter, a stat pops up. And it's time of possession, which uh, time of possession means how long each team's offense has had the ball. So... Halfway through the third quarter, approximately. So that means we've played 37 and a half minutes of football. So 37 and a half minutes of football have been played. The stat says that the Washington Commanders have had the ball for 30 minutes, and the Eagles have had it for seven. That is the amount of control that the Eagles or the Commanders had over this football game. They simply were not going to allow the Eagles to have the ball. At the end of the game, the Commanders had the ball in their hands for 40 minutes and 24 seconds compared to the Eagles' 19 minutes and 36 seconds. So, obviously the Commanders did a pretty good job of playing keep away. I think other teams are going to try to implement this, especially if they have a strong run game, if they're able to convert on third downs, because that's a big part of this, being able to convert right away. That was just probably sounds like a simple game plan but it's pretty easy because at that point you don't you still need to score but you've basically controlled the ball game you own the team you're gonna make them fight you even though that you came into the game as the underdog you're playing in their stadium which philadelphia has a crazy fan base but this just uh smart game plan by ron rivera in my opinion who Heineke seems to respect. Heineke has a ton of respect for. Um, Taylor Heineke is quickly becoming one of my favorite players to watch his interviews because he just is so humble. He's such a humble guy. I'd love to uh, bring him on here at some point. I'd love. I think that'd be amazing. Super great guy. He came on and he just uh, after the win, they were like, "What if Carson Wentz gets the start next week?" And he was like, "That's fine. I just want this team to win. That is my goal." I remember way back when I thought I was done playing football and then I got the call to come play here. So I'm just going to play here as much as they need me, as much as they 
want me to play here and whatever capacity they need me to play here. And I love that for Taylor Heineke. I love that uh, humility that he has. Um, that being said, dude knows how to celebrate. They were on the plane back. He uh, had all of his defensive players, his friends, chains on. He said he had one of the practice squad DNs, uh, glasses on. He was partying it up on the plane back. He was drinking some, uh, looked like some bush lights. There was some, apparently there's some fallout from that. Apparently the NFL players are not supposed to do that. There can be some issues with that. Uh, Pat McAfee tried saying that they were clearly cups with the bush light uh, label wrapped around them. They were filled with water. That was clearly what was going on. I don't really buy that story. I think uh, Taylor was just celebrating the right way, drinking a few beers with his boys. But, you know, that's what Mr. Heineke probably has to tell people in order to not get in too much trouble, even though the video evidence was very clearly there. Moving on. I sent out a survey to a few people who listened to the show. I appreciate those who gave me some feedback. And uh, a lot of people said they want to hear more drama, more uh, more tea. It was put very uh, often in uh, the surveys. You want to hear what's going on with the players. And lo and behold, what happens last night? The king of tea in the NFL, Mr. Antonio Brown, makes a post. Which, whenever Antonio Brown makes a post, it is always news. It's always somewhere, because he's always going after someone he shouldn't be going after. So let's do a quick recap. Antonio Brown, great Steelers player, phenomenal, gets hit, probably has some brain damage, some CTE. Um, then going through a lot. Brady sticks his neck out for him, says, hey, you were great with me on the Patriots. I'm going down to Tampa. Come on down with me. Antonio Brown gets mad for some reason, says... Uh, the Buccaneers are not paying him his fair share. Takes his sh jersey and his shirt off and his pads. Middle of the game. Runs off the field shirtless. Says, deuces, I'm out of here. Starts saying Tom Brady is a scammer. Horrible person. He is photoshopping photos of Tom Brady and Giselle onto like children's books talking about divorce. Just like making fun of the whole thing or like saying he's going to steal Tom Brady's ex-wife. Him and Giselle are going to start dating. Antonio Brown's social media has been wild. And I, Mr. Brady, I commend you for lasting as long as you did. But uh, apparently you texted Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown shared your text. And this could also be Photoshop, but... Right now, for all we know, this is a real text from Tom Brady. I have no reason to believe that Tom Brady doesn't have Antonio Brown's phone number. It seemed like they were friends when he was on the Buccaneers. Something happened that made Antonio Brown mad. So here's the drama. This text was sent on May 10th, 2021. So kind of in the summer after the season, maybe doing some off-season stuff, out partying, whatever, you know, that NFL players do. Uh, both are considered very good players. This was posted on Antonio Brown's Snapchat that is verified. And this is what the text says that is allegedly from Tom Brady. We don't have proof that it is from Tom Brady yet. 
but Tom Brady apparently uh, said, you are demonstrating very poor decisions and poor communication to so many people who have gone above and beyond to help you. You are acting selfish, and unfortunately, many of those people are exhausted by the erratic and unpredictable emotional behavior. When I met you, you were humble, willing to learn, and anxious to improve things in your life. In a short period of time, you have done those things and accomplished some great things, and very much of the pa on the path to success long term. Unfortunately, you have reverted very much back to a young, immature man that is selfish, self-serving, irrational, and irresponsible. I, for one, am disappointed in many behaviors over the past few months. You have seemed to have lost that humility and that APG. You have gone from hanging around good quality people that had genuine interest in seeing you succeed to seeing others who live, whose lives are erratic and out of control and leading you down a negative path. So this is interesting because this comes before the 2022 season had started, obviously, before um, everything with him taking his shirt off and running off the field. This suggests that Tom Brady kind of was reaching out way ahead of time saying, hey, bud, like, I love you like a brother. I've stuck my head out for you. A lot of us have also stuck our head out for you because, you know, we understand you've had things going on, but you got to help us out, man. You're kind of acting like an idiot right now. You're being selfish. And Antonio, I don't know what, what Antonio Brown's purpose in sharing this was because to me, it kind of makes Tom Brady look really good. Like, Tom Brady was reaching out, concerned for his friend, who was, he's worried about him. He's saying, like, hey, you used to do all these great things. You used to be this amazing human. And I love you, man, but, like, now you just don't seem to care. So, I don't know if anything more is going to come from that story. Again, whenever Antonio Brown does or says anything, it is posted online. So, I'm sure we'll find it. But... I mean, Tom Brady reached out a year ago about all this. And I just, props to Tom Brady for reaching out ahead of time, seeing this way before a lot of other people did. Props to Tom Brady for sticking his neck out for him because he trusted him, saw him as a friend, saw him as a brother. So uh, I'm sure that wasn't easy to do. But I don't know what Antonio Brown's, goal was in sharing that if the text even did come from tom brady even if he faked the text it makes tom brady look really good so weird situation all around but that's the drama so now moving on from the drama i hope that was enough for you ladies or men who liked drama there was mixed bag reviews but um most of them were from women anyway let's move on to thursday night football tomorrow night Packers versus the Titans on Amazon Prime. And once again, everyone watching Thursday Night Football said, why? Why is this the schedule for primetime Thursday Night Football? It's been an ongoing trend. There haven't been a lot of like really good Thursday Night Football games. And uh, I'm not sure that this one's going to be an exception. So... What do the Packers need to win? They're the underdogs here because they just haven't been playing well. They don't have the team chemistry we've been talking about. And I think that the Packers just need for Christian Watson, the rookie, to have a similar performance to what he had this past Sunday. 
We need him to show up with those three touchdowns, kind of become that guy that Aaron Rodgers is able to go to, able to trust, that guy that Packers fans have just been so desperate for these last few weeks after um, Devontae Adams was traded to the Raiders. Kind of all season, they've just been like, no one on this team we can really trust. And uh, Christian Watson kind of showed like he, he wanted to be that guy on uh, Sunday. He had three touchdowns. Aaron was going to him a lot more. He was catching the ball, wasn't having as many drops. We need to see more of that. So if uh, Christian Watson can be that guy, this Packers offense gets opened up a lot more. I'm not sure they become a playoff team, but will at least be entertained by their offense again. And Aaron Rodgers will not be looking like a broken man on the ground like he has been in the past few weeks. Um, getting Randall Cobb back is a possibility. That will also open things up because it'll help these rookies not be in double coverage. You get another guy you trust. Aaron and Randall go back way, way back. Uh, Randall's older now, obviously, but still have that chemistry. He can be a nice little slot check down person who, uh, Aaron can trust. Alan Lazard will still be out there. I just think uh, Christian Watson is really going to be the key to this game. And then on defense, you're going to need to stop Derrick Henry. That's just the fact. The entire Titans offense runs through Derrick Henry. Um, they don't really have a passing game anymore because they traded A.J. Brown to the Eagles on uh, draft night. And another thing, just going back to the Eagles real quick, A.J. Brown kind of annoyed me because I needed five points in fantasy to win. A.J. Brown gets 1.7. So, anyway, moving past, A.J. Brown, not on the Titans anymore. He's on the Eagles. Wasn't getting points this week anyway. But the Titans just don't have a good run offense or a good pass offense. They're all run offense. Derrick Henry's the king, although he said Nick Chubb is the king. Derrick Henry, if you guys, if the Packers are able to stop him, which the Packers' defense is pretty beat up, they are pretty injured, not going to lie. Um, there's been a lot of guys in and out. I'm not really sure who is even still on the team uh, as far as active players go. But I think if the Packers' offense or Packers' defense is able to stop the Titans' run offense, not an easy task at all, they got this. Because I just, I just don't see Ryan Tannehill and Robert Woods and who I don't even know really any other big names on the Titans passing core. I don't see them uh, winning. I don't see the Titans winning if they don't get a good run game. Furthermore, what is considered a very good uh, running game is 100 yards. 100 yards is like, wow, that was real. you played really well, Mr. Running Back. FanDuel has the over-under for Derrick Henry's rushing yards at 99.5. So basically, they're saying, like, he's going to be up there. It's not a question of whether he's going to get over or under uh, 80 or 50 or anything like that. No, it's going to be he's going to be around 100 yards. And I think, simply put, if you think the Titans are going to win this game, you bet the over. If you think the Titans are going to lose this game, you bet the under because it's pretty much the same result. If 
tight if Derrick Henry gets over 99 and a half yards, then the Titans win. If he gets under that, Titans lose. Simple mathematics. Uh, Christian Watson, same thing. If he gets a touchdown, definitely uh, puts it in favor of the Packers because that kind of shows Titans defense might be having some issues. But we'll see. Thursday night football, it's always wild. Crazy things happen. Both are good teams. Both are fun to watch. Both have very talented players. I just don't think the chemistry there is on the Packers. And I just don't think that the Packers or the Titans passing offense is really that respectable at this point in the season. So uh, that's all I've got for today. Time to go into the spiel at the end. If you enjoyed today's show, if you learned anything from today's show, I would appreciate it if you gave me a follow on Instagram, nobutts underscore show, or on uh, Twitter, josh underscore butts underscore 2001. Yes, I made it in middle school. Please do not judge me. Also, on uh, email, if you have any questions, want to learn anything, want me to talk about anything, just uh, shoot us an email at bullmoosepodcast.com then the number two at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for listening to the show. Please share it, like, follow, subscribe, do all the things, and I'll see you for our next episode. Until then, everyone be nice to one another and go do something nice for someone.